in, out, in, out. Anything that basically slow my heart rate down. <laughs> Perfect. Because also nerves are another thing, like especially if I'm going in for an audition that, you know, my nerves are going wild. So just a way of like making sure that my nerves don't take over in the room. Hey, welcome back to Artistic Beginnings. I'm Mitch. And I'm Melody. This is a podcast where we speak with a variety of creatives to learn about their artistic beginnings. And today on our show, we have Scott Alda Coffey. Yep, Scott is an actor living in Los Angeles with experience in film and theater. We talked about the reality of being an actor in this day and age and learned a lot about how he approaches his craft. It's really cool. So let's jump right back in. What an awesome way to start. Thanks for your sharing that, Scott. Yeah. Yeah, it's, no problem. I think it's very underrated. And the first thing, I mean, Jeff talks about this a lot in class. Sometimes the first mm-hmm. thing to go is your breath because <laughs> you you Absolutely. forget about it all the time. Yeah. It's one of the most basic things. Yeah, I have that problem a lot. It's like I just like, um, especially when I get nervous, I just like stop breathing. Yep. And then I can't control my breath at all. So I need to like get that flowing and I just instantly calm down and get grounded and then like... I don't have to think about it or worry about it when I'm working. When when did you start doing that kind of thing? Like, I, I have to imagine that's something you learned over time. I think it happened probably senior year of college. There was one, we only had about like one like on-camera class, you know, because it was, it was a more of a, it was a theater school. So it was more focused than that. But um, in my on-camera class, you know, it was, it was, uh, basically set up so it was like we would do like audition sides each week it was like once a week class and uh one week um it was like cold reads so we had just gotten them uh mm-hmm. I, we had maybe 10 minutes to look at them and it was like a, it was like a cop scene and i was i was starting to think like you know go through what i normally do of like you know especially with cold reads it's like okay who who is this character what is this uh how do i get into the mindset of this person and and also like i don't usually instinctively read cop because I do have that more like um energetic boyishness and I went up to go do the audition and for some reason just before I went I just like um you know the, the teacher was like okay whenever you're ready and I just took this big deep breath and I just went and all of a sudden I found myself so grounded and then I just did it and and when we watched it back it ended up being like one of the like the best auditions I'd ever done. And I was I was um thinking like why why did this work where some of the others hadn't? And then I, it kind of occurred to me it's like oh I t- I took that moment. I took a I took a second to ground myself and to breathe. And I think that's when I realized I'm like oh this really works for me. This helps center me. So yeah, that's that was kind of when I first figured it out and I've tried to I mean obviously sometimes I I I still forget and let the uh, nerves get the best of me, but over time I've let it I try to utilize that the best I can. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny to me. Um, a lot of the people that we've already been talking to about this, like breathing is so central to it everyone's is. kind of it's crazy getting the right mindset kind of in the right space. And it always comes back to some kind of like that mindfulness idea. You know, we're, we're, we're doing a podcast about our artistic beginnings and right. how people start off on their journey and a lot of journeys, the core of it comes down to really opening up your mind and having a very clear awareness of your surroundings and 
the foundation of that is kind of the breath, which is absolutely kind of an interesting insight that I've picked up, particularly with people from uh, Melody's acting classes. It, like even <laughs> yeah, even some of the people that uh, I I know, like Joe and uh, uh, and Leo, they're always bringing up like. Uh, having like vocal kind of needs and in order to accomplish anything like the breath is where you start. It's interesting to see that come across in pretty much everyone that we've spoken with so far. And it it really doesn't matter what art form it is, you know, whether you're a musician, a singer, an actor, it's like, yeah, the breath is just so central to like being an artist and just the craft in general, regardless of, of which area you are in. Like I said, it's the first thing to go because it's, you know, breathing is automatic. We don't think about it. We don't think about, Mm -hmm. am I breathing? And literally, like, in my tap class, we'll be doing a really tough step. And my teacher will look at me and be like, are you breathing? And I'll be like, no, I'm I'm actually not breathing. I did not feel a bit of breath go in my body. And the second I start breathing, it makes it so much easier because when you think and you start to tense up, the breath is the first thing to go. So exactly. it's like really being mindful of that and keeping it, you know, in a steady, whether that's, you know, breathing faster to feel more anxious or breathing slower to feel more calm for whatever reason you may need for a scene or whatever. Like it, it's so important. I agree. Exactly. Fun little through line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. the, the power of breath. The real yes. artistic beginning. <laughs> Artistic beginnings, the power of breath. What? <laughs> that makes no sense. <laughs> what is this podcast about? I must listen. <laughs> yeah, we we should change all of our marketing and our plan for this podcast and just talk about breath. So just breath. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. 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 It, it's just us. <sighs> the entire time. Hey, there's no talking. There are meditation music or just like YouTube videos that are literally just people sitting and breathing. And honestly, they're very calming. I get it. Like even just listening to Scott breathe for a minute, I was like, oh, I'm calm now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, well, made you more anxious if it had a problem. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Takes you out of your head. (laughs) So do you want to give us a little like rundown of your life? (laughs) How you (laughs) like just how you I'm just curious how you started in the industry, what your first thing was, what got you interested in it? Like, why? Why is this what you want to (laughs) do? You know, very broad question. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, acting is one of those things I've I've kind of always done. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I think it's something I've wanted to do since I was about three years old, since I uh, I really knew anything. As you know, my my grandfather's an actor, and Mm -hmm. um, so I I think it probably stemmed from like knowing that and admiring that. Starting at a very 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 young age, for probably about like four or five, I started doing like little acting camps um just to you know which you know at that age was normally like you know just like we're gonna do some like cute little theater games and then we're gonna like Mm -hmm. reenact a little storybook at the end of the day kind of thing yeah um and then in fourth grade um was when i i I joined this kind of like um kids theater group in my town called cooperative theater that summer we did a production of uh joseph and the amazing technicolor dreamcoat so that was my first um like full show at that point i didn't really necessarily know yet if i you know liked musicals or liked theater because i was nine but then when i did joseph i like immediately fell in love with it it was like it's a great show and it's it's such a fun show it was like the perfect first show to be in especially for kids yeah it was so much fun so then i ended up working with this group a lot um because because it was a children's theater group but they a uh 
you could basically do it through eighth grade. Um, and they did like three shows a year. There was like a summer program, a fall program, which was just for the middle schoolers, then the spring show, which is like fourth through sixth grade. So then I immediately started like auditioning for those and being in those. And I was in like basically as many of their productions as I could be in um, till eighth grade when I started to grow out of it. But at that point, I was kind of ready to like branch beyond like just this children's theater in my town. And I found a community theater um, near me at this local theater called uh, Stoneham Theater. Stoneham was one of the local towns. They were doing a production of Once Upon a Mattress. Another great show. <laughs> Another great show. And I immediately found a great community there when when I joined that. Uh, I was in the ensemble of that. And that's when I started to like kind of really see people who like had a little bit more of a, of a passion for theater opposed to like like as an after school program. So that was kind of um, new for me being like, oh, cool. Other people like this too. And I started getting heavily involved in, in their program. And I did a lot of shows with them. Through them, I also, that's also when I did my first um, equity show because they, they, they also were a professional theater as well as, as a, a youth mm. program. So I, um, uh, and because I got to know them very well through the youth program, they actually asked me to audition for um, one of their professional shows. They were doing a, a picnic, uh, which is, mm. you know, yeah. play from the, yeah, uh, the 50s. Oh, so many um, good shows. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I've, I've been lucky with a lot of the shows I've done. Yeah. So that was all really cool because that was the first time I really got to work with like professional actors, you know, a couple people who were like flew in, who were flown in from like New York to be in it kind of thing. So like it was like um, it was my first equity show. So that was like really cool for me. You know, so I did a lot with them my freshman and sophomore year of high school. And um, and I also did some stuff at, at the, my public high school that I went to in um, my hometown. But then I, I was starting to get a little unsatisfied with like my, you know, the the theater in my public school as, you know, people can tend, theater, theater people can tend to be. Um, yeah. And I, um, I just, and there's, there is an, uh, a private arts high school, not too far from me that a friend of mine, his mom taught Spanish there and she knew that, that I was like really into theater. So they took me to one of the shows one year, um, my freshman year. Um, that school, uh, it was called Walnut Hill. They were doing Pippin. Mm. So I went and saw it um, with uh, my friend and her mom, um, his mom. And it was one of the like most professional productions of anything I'd ever seen in my life. And I was like, I was blo I mean, instantly blown away. And um, after that, I was like, well, like, I, I, I have to go here. Mm. <laughs> so um, come sophomore year, I, I, auditioned for the program for my junior year got in and then I, so then I went to Walnut Hill for my junior and senior year and that's when I when it was really cool because then I really got to go to school with people who were who also wanted to do this for the rest of their lives and wanted to like be in this and and then it was at Walnut Hill where I heard about Carnegie Mellon I auditioned for that and I got in there then I went and spent four years there and then four years later I decided that LA seems like a good next step and <laughs> and moved to LA pretty much right after graduation. Long story long, um, basically, <laughs> uh, I always knew that I wanted to act. And um, it was kind of one of those things where like, I never quite knew where in theater or where in the acting world I necessarily wanted to be from a young age. But I always knew that like acting and performing was what I wanted to do. And up until you went to Los Angeles, you were in New York. Is that right? So I grew up in Boston. Um, mm. That's where my parents are from. But my um, my grandparents live in New York. So I, I was in New York a lot. 
um, you know, at least twice a year because, uh, you know, we, we would go visit them Holidays. <laughs> yeah, holidays, exactly. And Carnegie Mellon was in Pittsburgh, so I was a bit around. Uh, yeah. An East Coast boy moved to Los Angeles. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I think that was part of the decision, too. It's just like something really different than like totally. Pittsburgh or New York or Boston was LA. Had you ever been to LA before or did you just go? Uh, <laughs> yes, actually. My grandparents used to have a house out here. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So I used to uh, come here like once a year to visit. Uh, and also the summer, uh, the summer before I graduated, um, so going into my senior year of college, I, I was kind of starting to think LA was where I wanted to be. So what I ended up doing is I kind of spent the summer in Los Angeles to kind of make sure that this is this is where I wanted to be when I graduated. Smart. Yeah, and it, basically what it did is it just solidified that like, yep, this is this is for me. This is nice. <laughs> this is where I want to go. Yeah, I mean, I think that's so smart because you know you can have such an idealistic view of New York, Los Angeles, Boston, and when you actually go there, if you've never been there before or experienced what it's like, it's so so different. Like there are you know not only yeah. opposite sides of the country, but just complete different type of um, living style. So just making sure, I think, is very important. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it sometimes feels like a foreign country totally. you know, coming from the East Coast to yeah. the West Coast. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you, you may have experienced something like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, and honestly, living here and then coming back to L.A., you know, for the holidays when we wave at each other in the sky because you're coming to New York. <laughs> um, right, yeah. It's, it's so strange because it's so, so different. They're both amazing places and I love them both very much, but it's just it's crazy how vastly different they are just in lifestyle alone. Oh, 100%. Hundred percent, and the the differences in the the types of the arts that you've you've done in in both locations. So, it, it seems like you had a lot of background growing up doing a lot of theater. Do you continue yeah. doing uh, theater work um, as you've gotten out of school and into the real world of of professional acting, or have you just primarily moved on to the film and television that kind of stuff out in LA? I've uh, primarily focused on on the film and TV route. I I got pretty burnt out uh, with theater mm. uh, during, during college. A lot of what we were sort of starting to focus on at CMU wasn't quite the kind of theater that I, I was particularly interested in. Mm. It started to kind of make me think that maybe this wasn't fully the path I wanted to take. Like, you know, like a lot, a lot of the theater that we were doing was like a very experimental theater. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, uh, I started to feel a little bit more like a prop than uh than an actor and a lot of time it was kind of like we were doing shows where like with like these crazy visions but even the director didn't really know exactly what the vision was so then it was hard for us to really like you know i there were times where i just felt like i was kind of saying words and doing weird movement and i was i was kind of like i don't know if that's necessarily the path i wanted to take and and, totally. and i was trying to get a little burnt out from yeah. it and um and the idea of film and tv was still very was still very fresh for me because even though i you know i I love movies and I love television. I watch maybe a little too much TV. <laughs> I um, don't we all? Yeah, yeah, true. Especially in now today's day and age, I was I it, I being a part of that world was still very new and fresh. And I I felt like well I haven't explored this yet, and I would like mm. to. I thought graduating college it seemed like the right opportunity to make a slight slight shift within my career path. What were some of the things that you felt changed most when you were making that shift from kind of the theater mindset to the film and television route? Uh, I remember when I first came out to LA 
and um, I started taking class at you know Jonathan Feld Studios, and um, I remember. Uh, one of my biggest hurdles was that, like, I I was still coming at it from like this um, this uh, theater mindset. I was still like performing for like the back of the back of the auditorium, mm-hmm. and I basically had to learn to to just like dial everything back and like not necessarily worry about my performance and just be honest, be real, be be a human. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at school and like in in theater, a, a lot of it is like. Whereas, yeah, we have to be real and, and we want to be honest. We are, we were still putting on the performance for a big auditorium. We're still performing for the exit row. But like when a camera is up in, in front of your face and catches every little eye twitch, you can't, yeah. you can't do that. And so it's basically going from external to internal. I, I almost felt like I had to like relearn how to act in some ways. Which was which was a little which was a little startling and frustrating. At totally, first. I mean it's different, and you know the approach at John Rosenfeld is very you know just be, <laughs> and yeah, that's not absolutely. theater. <laughs> like it is, no, you know, in a black box it is, but still you it's so heightened. And film and TV, you know, exactly. I remember exactly. when I first started there, and we would do audition week, and I would see what I was doing on camera, and I was like, oh, that's not right. <laughs> like, I get it, because you, you think, oh, yeah. you know, you're either being subtle, or, you know, you're not being whatever you think something is coming across and to actually see it and be like, Oh wait, it's actually not coming across the way that I want is it's interesting. It's, it's a totally different beast to tackle. Absolutely. That can be a little jarring, you know, and that that's one of the reasons I wish like conservatory programs like did focus on film and TV. Cause I feel like we do forget how different the two mediums can be. Yeah. And more than just like one class. (laughs) Cause I know a lot of programs, theater programs have like either a semester or whatever, but I do think, especially because a lot of people are going into film and TV. And even if you're not, it's just good to know the difference so that if you were to in the future or, you know, just to have that knowledge in the back pocket to be like, oh, this is how I could maybe look at something in a different way. Exactly. You know, it it was a learning curve, but at the same time, you know, I, I feel like I'm so much better for it. And I actually feel like I, I would be a better theater actor if I, if I ever went back and did a play based off of like my past four years in LA and, and training in the film yeah. and TV world. Because I feel like I've learned to internalize things a lot mm-hmm. better than I used to, which has been helpful. Scott, when you were mentioning all of your background on kind of how you decided on on going into acting and, and that, I, I don't think I really captured what drew you most to it. So would love mm-hmm. to know kind of like what you enjoy most about the path that you've taken and why you continue to go down that path. I think a lot of it has to do with with uh, the intimacy of, of film and TV, um, more so than theater I feel like in in theater, I could get away with a lot. I could, I could, um, I could fake my way through things. (laughs) I could, um, I could like. Sure, um, you can mess up (laughs) because I, I, yeah, you can you can mess up and you're and then you're like, you know what? I'll get it right tomorrow. Or I'm like, I'm gonna be angry. Or like, oh, this is you know, Mm -hmm. I'm gonna pretend to be sad here. Whereas like in film and TV, you don't really have room to to fake it. You, you can't fake it because people see that. The camera's right there. And I, I think it's allowed, it's forced me to be more honest and be more, really, ha- really have to push myself more to, to get to places I don't think I was letting myself get 
when I did theater because oddly enough, I could get away. I felt like I could get away with more. Yeah. Um, and, and I feel like that, you know, if I were ever to go back to theater, I think this would help me because then I'm like, okay, I know how to get to those places and I can probably, I can, I can, I could use that for the stage. I can use that for film and TV, but uh, I think it's, it was um, like a whole new kind of training that I wasn't used to that pushed me to internalize things more and helped me kind of understand my internal emotions and how to use them best to serve me as an actor, which I feel like I hadn't necessarily done before. Over the past four years, I have noticed I've I've had to push myself more that I don't have six weeks of of prep to get something right because I used because <laughs> I used to well I used to when I used to do theater I would basically just trust that like um, I'm going to get there I'm going I'm going to find this character totally and and I'd have the time to do that and figure that out but right. when it comes to film and TV you don't have that time and so yeah. you kind of have to figure you have to get to that place a lot faster. And that took a lot of um, uh, work to figure that out, but it's it's. I think it's really really helped me as an actor find that um, finding that, and that that's just something I've really I think has made me kind of fall in love with the craft all over again. Yeah, I mean it's it, it's very interesting to hear you say that because it's it's true. You know, theater uh, in a way, some theater, not all, but it, it's extremely presentational, and you kind of, for lack of a better term, have a mask on where you're you know you're playing a character. You do it somewhat the same every night, just so that you don't get bored. You change right. something a little bit, but it's pretty set, and it's you know it's very it's very much a presentation for entertainment and film and TV. I feel like you have to you don't get to wear a mask. You just have to be yourself. Which exactly. you should do that in theater as well, but it's much more prevalent in film and TV for sure because you just – it's literally just you. You don't have a costume. I mean, sometimes you do, but, like, you don't have all of this big production behind you that, you know, a musical or a, a, a theater piece has. It's just you in a little square on a television screen and you have to tell the story. And that's – it can be super scary, you know, being so – vulnerable and so just yourself absolutely and and you know some people i feel like would think like oh well being being yourself is is a lot easier than like playing a character but i would actually argue that sometimes being yourself is so much oh, more yeah, difficult because it's, it's so much more vulnerable because you're showing yourself and if people don't like you that hurts more <laughs> exactly yeah. exactly you know i because i felt like i used to when i used to do theater i used to hide behind it i would feel alive on the stage because i i i was someone else right any problems i was having in my personal life or whatever didn't matter because i was this this mm -hmm. character but yeah in film and tv when you are when you literally just have to bring your full self to the role yeah you're you're putting yourself on display there for sometimes millions of people to see and that can be so much scarier and like you said you know with theater you have so much prep time film and tv yeah you do get a couple takes to do it but sometimes you only get two or three takes and that's it so you have to hit it immediately Absolutely. and that's super scary too because you know you have a time limit to be like okay i have to give the best performance ever right now in these 15 minutes and no pressure <laughs> you know exactly and like exactly. if you're not feeling it someday or if it's an extremely emotional scene um it's it can be very frustrating and very scary to feel like it's, you know, all on you. I mean, when, you know, I, this movie, The Outpost, I, I, I did that, yeah. um, when yeah, coming yeah, out yeah. this year. We only did maybe, maybe two or three takes tops. Wow. You know, once, once the director felt like he, he, he had the shot, mm -hmm. he moved on. So you, it's, we didn't have time to like, I didn't have time to like, you know, 
get into it of like, oh yeah, you know, I'll be in it by by take six. You know, it's like totally, there wouldn't yeah. be a take six. No, so that, that was tough. So, uh, Scott, in in addition to all of this this great stuff, we do have some standard questions that we we ask all of our guests, and would love to get your your answers to to some of them. Yeah, I, I would be delighted. What is the hardest thing about pursuing the arts? I would say rejection. You could be the best actor in the world and you still get a lot of rejection because sometimes there's so much out there that's beyond your control. And that, that can be tough because it's a lot of, a lot of the, you know, it can feel very personal to you because you're, you're putting yourself out there. And a lot of times you're, you're trying to look a certain way. And sometimes, you know, there's a, well, there's a lot of no's. And that, yeah. that can that can be tough. And I, I, I think that's that's hard for any artist. And I think across and that's across every art form, I think, is, mm-hmm. is there's there's a soul. It just there's a lot of rejection and that that can be tough. But it also makes the wins so much more rewarding, I find. Yeah, totally. How do you cope with that rejection or how do how do you kind of move forward from it? I try to learn from every experience and use that to benefit the next one. You know, I mean, when I go into an audition, I, you know, because sometimes I get an audition where I like, I'm like, okay, well, I know I'm not really right for this role or that I'm like, oh, this audition is like, I, I, I couldn't book this, you know, this is going to go to some like big name actor or whatever. But what I try to do is, is like my, my goal is to try to like win the room when I'm in mm. the audition. And sometimes it doesn't always work. Sometimes I can't even do that. <laughs> but, um, but I tried, I try to learn from my mistakes. If like, I'm like, you know, if, if something didn't go right, I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, you know, cause I, I, like I had, I had an audition this past summer where, oh God, it was probably the worst audition I've ever had. Um, I, <laughs> it, I was, it was bad. It was rough. And I, you know, afterwards I'm like, oh God, they're never going to call me back. Are they? Um, <laughs> or they're oh, never going to call no. me into this room again, are they? But when I'm like, I'm like, you know what? <laughs> right. <laughs> but I was like, you know what? It's, it's, it's one audition. And also it probably wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Yeah. Um, also I probably was too hard on myself. Um, and I'm like, you know what? I, I'm going to learn from that and I'm going to, I'm going to move on and I'm going to look at like, okay, why did this go so wrong? Why did, why did this go so poorly? Yeah, and, how can I um, never do this again? Yeah, how can I never do this again? <laughs> and take that in and, and learn from it. And I feel like that's at least for me, the only real way to, you know, to, to, to cope with, with with with, um, with rejection. Who have you learned the most from? I probably learned the most from my grandfather. So so you know he he's an actor. For those who don't know, my grandfather's Alan Alda from Mash. He's kind of given me such a, a a realistic look of what this industry can be like and why mm. and and what what this entails. How how hard it is to pursue this career. I felt kind of level headed when I when I graduated college and started to pursue this professionally because you know he you know he constantly tell me he's like you know it he's like it, it, it took at least he's like it took at least nine years before i could pay rent as an actor you know he he you know he he you know he he also struggled a lot before he got mashed yeah, the he, realistic side you know, that no driver. one sees <laughs> yeah exactly the realistic side no one sees and like he you know he you know, and sometimes, yeah, like I, I've seen how some of the, how some of the, the glamour mm. of it in the... The overnight sensations, yeah. Yeah, the overnight sensations, exactly. But I've also seen how, how hard this career is and how, um, how much work you have to put in for it and how, and how daunting it can be. And he, and he's also like made it very clear that like 
you know, it was no easy task to get to where he was, uh, or to, to where, to where he is. And that was very helpful going in. Cause I feel like, you know, a, a lot of times, uh, it can be easy for some, for some actors, you know, especially when we come out of a conservatory program or whatnot, feel like, Oh, I'm ready to be a star. I'm ready, oh I'm ready to be on yeah. TV, you know? And that's, yeah. that's just not how it works. No, and it no takes one, a lot no one longer. talks about the reality of it because then no one would yeah. do it. <laughs> You know, like it's it's funny when I explain the actual process to people who don't know it and to see the look of horror come across their face and then them ask me, well, why do you do this? <laughs> exactly. And it, it's really one of those things you really, really got to love it to do it because yeah. there, there is so much heartbreak and there is so much exhaustion and time and money that goes into it that yeah. it, that I feel like, um, you know, when you watch like when you watch like the Oscars or do you watch, or if you were to watch like TMZ or whatnot, you mm-hmm. like, you're, you're like, Oh God, what a glamorous life, you know? Right. But it's not always that And my easy. favorites are always the overnight sensations who are not overnight. They've been working at this for 12 years, but <laughs> they just get their big break and everyone's like, Oh, look at this person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then if you go and, and look them up online, you realize that they've, they've actually been at, they've been acting for 10 years. You're just like learning who they are now. It's yeah, exactly. So what resource have you learned the most from? Oh, damn. Um, <laughs> guys are good. Hard hitting questions here. Uh, we're, we're here <laughs> yeah. to stump you. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, what, what resource have I learned the most from? Um, are you able to elaborate a bit? Yeah, on I that? mean, it could be it could be like a book, it could be YouTube, it could be an acting class, you know, whatever. It could be something obscure. The first person we asked this to, he said iMessage. <laughs> oh yeah. So like you've got yeah. your whole breadth of options. Literally, you can kind whatever. of take it however you'd prefer. Yep. It's 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 actually funny. I uh, I would probably say, um, I would probably say IMDb, uh, oddly <laughs> enough. Um, yeah, it's I, a great um, resource. <laughs> it's a great research. I mean, I, I'm on there every day. I look at the, I look at the IMDb news every day. I'm, co- I am constantly trying to stay up, up to date on, ev- on everything about the industry. You know, even if like, I mean, I already mm-hmm. watch, <laughs> I already watch a lot of television, but I, <laughs> I, um, but like what I try to do is even when I, I, um, there are shows I don't watch because I mean there's too much out there's there to watch much. now. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, there's too much. But I always try to know everything that's out there so that I'm always in the know. For instance, like that way, like if I get an audition for a show that like I've never that I've never seen, there's a good chance I've at least heard of it mm. and have an idea about it, or know shows like it, or I know what shows the showrunner has done before, kind of thing, and that like immediately helps me get into preparation mode because i'm i'm already right. i already have this i've already done more context research. yeah yeah there's already more context and that's that's actually oddly been very 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 helpful for me yeah i mean it's also like just you know bringing up what other shows they've somebody has done it's just having that context so that you know when you go in the room you would even have a talking point of like yeah i loved exactly your work on blah 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 and just showing that exactly. you've done the research is another little Exactly. Little step in the door. Even when I've gone into meetings with like agents or managers or casting or whatnot. Right. Yeah. It's like, even like if we were just talking about like, you know, favorite shows and stuff, it's like, I can right. easily, you know, usually what shows that they're really into, I've seen and it's easy to talk about. Right. Um, and yeah. it's, it's just an immediate, an immediate launching point. 
Yeah. Um, so that's also been very helpful. So I think that's also like a really interesting theme that we've come across a lot talking to some people is an aspect of preparation that people kind of don't think about when they're talking about art, like artistic endeavors and like creatives oh, is yeah. a lot of the work ahead of time that needs to be put in so that you are prepared for that's the like kind of creativity of that comes live in, in a moment. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And the, yeah, that's, that's another thing is there's, there's as, as, yeah, as we've talked about, there's so much more that we have to think about than just like performance. Totally. And, and a lot, and a lot of, a lot of times that ends up being the last thing. Right. Which is so, about. it's crazy to think that, but, it, and it's yeah. also crazy that like, especially with auditions or film and TV, you do all of this prep work and then you do it and then it's done and that's it. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and you kind of have to just exactly. let it go. Like it's, which is hard sometimes to be like, no, I put so much work, hard work into this and it's like my baby. And, yeah. you know, to just be able to just be like, no, it's done. Great. On to the next. Yeah. Exactly. Stuff. It can be tough. When you're looking for kind of wisdom in your day-to-day life, mm-hmm. are there any quotes or nuggets of wisdom that you've heard from other people or that you've read from a, a, a person of history or like some somebody famous that really resonates with you? I don't know if this fully, this quite, quite answers your question, but I guess it's something I sort of utilize day-to-day. One of my uh, acting teachers in college mentioned this before, you know, we were graduating and like doing showcase and like deciding where we're going to go, whether it's going to be New York and LA. And he, he said, go where you're going to be the happiest unemployed. Mm, and I, yeah. and I thought I'm like, God, that's so true because, you know, cause it's like, I, I love New York. Like it's, it's a great place. I've, I've, but like having spent so much time there, I've, I've enjoyed it more uh, visiting mm. cause I find it, I find the, 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 it's, it's so, um, it could be chaotic sometimes. Yeah. And I like a lot of the, the relaxation, the kind of the, the relaxation of Los Angeles and, and how a little bit more easygoing it is. Um, because I have a, I have a very neurotic energy naturally by nature. <laughs> like in New York, it's just heightened. Right. So, <laughs> just so, makes it worse. <laughs> so, exactly. So in LA, I, I, I kind of like the, the energy that it, it, the, the city puts out, um, kind of counters my energy and helps relax me a bit. Mm. So like I, I, I really, I mean, I kind of already had a good idea that I was coming to LA when I heard that, but to me that like really solidified of like, oh yeah, I'm making the right decision. Cause I know that like, you know, I know it's going to be a bit before I, you know, I get a job and I, and I want to be happy where yeah. I am in the, in the long term. And, and I definitely, you know, definitely if you use that day to day, it helps me also when I'm, when I am feeling stressed on a given day or, or anxious or like I'm, I'm or I'm getting nervous for an audition or whatnot. You know, it's like, like one of my favorite activities to do out here is to just grab my book and read, read by the pool Mm. or read on the deck. Like it's, it's just, it's so relaxing and it's, um, that's something I probably couldn't do in New York. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's about you know, 15 because, degrees here right now. <laughs> yeah, about 15 degrees and there aren't many pools. Yep. So, <laughs> um, so it's, and, and that's just like whenever I do feel stressed or anxious or anything like that, that is just, it's just an instant like um, relaxation for me. And that, so that's always been really helpful. Yeah, I really love that quote because, again, it just circles back to the whole glamorization of this business. You are going to be unemployed most of your time. Like, it's it's crazy. Exactly. Once you get a job, you're you're not, like, relaxed and like, oh, great. Unless, you know, you get a 
series regular for a show that you know is going to have 10 seasons but once you get a job you immediately look for your next job there's no like job security quote unquote in a way yeah exactly it's true be happy why not (laughs) yeah i think it's important i think that is is something people forget (laughs) next question what is your favorite piece of art right now could be a song could be a movie tv show physical piece of art what my favorite movie of the past year was um 1917 Mm. i mean i think i you know i was getting so into war films because of because of the outpost um i like watched a lot of war movies as research um so i was kind of very into it but just for me the 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 technical mastery of it was just unparalleled and was just so gorgeous to watch and just um you know there's that that one shot where he's he's basically running across no man's land and mm-hmm. just it pans away and there's you're seeing hundreds and hundreds of soldiers uh, running in the battle and it's just it, it was just to me it was very very impactful the moment that's prob that's probably my favorite but there you know, there were there were a lot of really good movies last year so there were a lot of other movies that also yeah. uh, connected with me as well what keeps you up at night um besides my cat um, <laughs> well, you can take oh, it as man, literally so or as sorry. figuratively as you want. <laughs> um, oh, Tilly. I know. Um, well, that's my literal answer. Um, but my, <laughs> my, my, um, my not so literal answer um, would probably be um, the, the, the fear of failure. I'm not succeeding, you know, and which I'm, which I know is a fear of probably any actor out there or anyone yep. in, in the arts in general. Yeah, um, it just. I feel like even outside of the arts, failure is a pretty yeah. universal. It's a pretty universal fear. Yeah, and and what what is tough in this is in this business is yeah, there is no job security. You know, it's like I mean, once the outpost wrapped, I was I was like, great, I'm ready for my next thing. Let's go. And then mm-hmm. you know, then I then of course it's like, oh wait, I have to find the next job. That's definitely something that I always like. You know, scares me, but at the same time, I keep telling myself that like, well, this is what I love to do. And I, I honestly can't see myself doing anything else. If, if I'm still a struggling actor in 20, 30 years, I at least will be doing something that I love and happy doing it. Even though, um, you know, even, even if I haven't hit the level I want to by that point, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, that's the thing is that it's also frustrating because there's no, um, somebody else mentioned this in, a past interview, I can't remember who it was. Um, but it's, you know, there's no set path. There's no like you go to school for a certain amount of years, you get a job, then you, you know, tr- move up the corporate ladder or, you know, do your residency and then become a doctor and all this stuff. There's no right. set path that you can follow. So you just kind of have to like guess and hope. And, you know, it it's, can be frustrating sometimes when you see people hit it big really soon but then you also remember that there are some people who didn't have career until they were in their 30s or 40s or even 50s you know absolutely yeah and and you also like what i think we constantly have to remind ourselves is that we can't compare our, our careers to others oh because yeah. we're all on a different path and we're all yes because we're, we're all different people <laughs> exactly exactly and that that can yeah. be difficult that can be a very easy thing to forget i know i i do it all the time but i have to and i constantly have to keep telling myself that yeah i mean it's hard not to because you see other people doing it as well and you're like oh why can't i have their career or whatever but right. then you exactly. have to remind yourself because i'm not them <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that was Anna that was saying Yeah, I that. think so too. Um, so, I think it was Anna as well. Um, yeah. So go check out that episode. Um, <laughs> I will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know that you kind of touched on it, Scott, on this, but mm-hmm. what does success look like to you for your future? I think the, the more broad general version of the answer is that uh, you know i just i just want to be be uh able to work consistently as an actor i mean i think i just want a bit more consistency and to just to always be doing it essentially um what and what that entails i don't quite know but i i think just being able to act like the rest of my life is pretty much what i would deem as success I feel that. Yep. <laughs> 100%. No big goals of stardom. Just want to be a working exactly. actor. <laughs> exactly. I think that's, yeah, I think that's what we should be striving for. Totally. Yeah. Because the other way around, it's one in a million. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Last question. To a person that might be interested in pursuing the arts while still working a nine to five job or, you know, has never stepped foot in the arts world, what advice would you give to them? Wow, you guys are have such good questions. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> thanks. We worked really hard on them. Yeah, you sure. <laughs> um, I think the the best thing that you can do is is to just to just create. I think um whether that's getting a camera and some friends together and filming something, putting, putting something on camera, regardless of what it is, without worry of, of judgment or anything, just getting it out there. Um, or whether it's, um, it's putting pen to paper and writing something, just being creative and getting those creative juices flowing, I think is a great way to just get started. And to, I think also there can be such a satisfaction and just exhilaration from just creating your own thing, Mm. regardless of what it is or regardless of like of how good it is or not. Just the fact that you made something, it it can be, it can really, really, really be fulfilling. Um, So I think that's, that's the advice I would give. Yeah. I think that's great advice. (laughs) Just do it. (laughs) (laughs) Just do it. I agree. We'll we'll put Shia LaBeouf in there a little bit and uh, <laughs> just <yeah>. do it. <laughs> perfect. Yeah, perfect. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening. You can find out more about Scott and keep up to date with him on his Instagram at Scott Alda Coffee and his website www.scottaldacoffee.com. And for even more information on Scott and episode details, you can find those on our website at www.artisticpodcast.com. If you like the conversation, let us know by giving us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people like you find the show and gives us a chance to know who's listening. For updates on new episodes and content, you can also follow us at The Artistic Pod on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next Wednesday. See ya!